Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. We welcome you back to Search the Scriptures. It's great to be back with all of our listeners here again today. And if you are in the, Homo, the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and visit with us, study God's Word with us, grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ, again right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. We would love to have you. We're simply a church that strives to be the church of the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. Here in Search the Scriptures, we dig deep into God's Word. We're thankful for all of our listeners who are with us each day, and we know that many of you listen each day or close to it. We're thankful also for those of you who may not be able to listen every day, but you listen very frequently, and you're regular listeners. We're very thankful for you, too. We're always thankful as well for all of our new listeners who may be listening for the first time or maybe the first few times. Our prayer is that as you listen with us uh, more and more that you'll come to recognize that we do exactly as the name of this program suggests. We dig deep into God's Word. We don't simply talk about the Bible. We study the Bible. We try to peel the layers of the onion back, so to speak, and look at it in depth and in detail but at the same time, explain what we're studying in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for our daily lives. So we pray that as you study with us each day that you're growing spiritually, that your faith is growing stronger. Faith does come by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And so we really place a great deal of emphasis on really teaching God's Word, the Scriptures, the Holy Bible. Now, we encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page, click on the, on the podcast button. It'll take you about one minute to sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It will always be free. Then you will automatically receive to your smart device, whichever one you choose, your smartphone, computer, laptop, tablet, pad, whatever one you choose, you'll automatically receive all of these radio programs and they will be free. Again, they will always be free. So if you miss one, even though we're on several times a day, five days a week, you can still pick it up, download and listen to it at your convenience. You'll also receive all of our sermons, plus a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, and a great daily short 12 or 13 minute Bible study that we call today's Bible class that really touches on relevant and pertinent issues and matters of our day. So we encourage you to take advantage of our website, churchofchrist.com. And our prayer is that as you continue to study with us, either through this radio program or through other podcasts, that you will grow in your faith and that you will ultimately make up your mind to come to God for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in him as God's Son and your Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. Our prayers are with you, and our prayers are for you, and we really do pray for you. We're going to begin a new line of study today. I want us to think about the term and the principle of almost. 
almost. How many times have we used that particular expression? I almost got that job. I almost was successful at whatever endeavor it was that I was pursuing. Man, I almost made it. Well, you know what the word almost means? You didn't make it. Almost getting that job you wanted means you did not get it. Almost winning, maybe some sporting event, maybe some contest, some challenge. Almost winning means you lost. Almost succeeding, well, it means you failed. Almost, you see, you're getting ready to cross the street. You're calculating. You see some cars coming. You see one in the far lane. You got to make it across the street before that car gets to it. And you think, I, I can make it. I'm pretty sure I can get there. And you almost make it across the street. Well, that means you got hit by the car. You did not make it, you see. Almost means you did not succeed, whatever the endeavor might have been. Let me share with you some stories. William Hyatt was 62 years old. His car broke down in the Mojave Desert. No other cars around, no body around, no houses, no businesses. He started walking across the Mojave Desert by himself. He walked 22 miles. He crawled the last two before dying face down in the sand from thirst and exhaustion. I wonder if he knew that just over the hill, only a half mile away, was Saratoga Springs and safety. He almost made it to safety, but he died before he got there. After fighting for four years in World War II and surviving horrific battles and being there when the Allies won the war, a young soldier called his mother from Europe and told her, I'm coming home. Oh, how that must have thrilled his mother and how excited he must have been after being in that war and again fighting through battle after battle surviving all of that time for four years, how excited he must have been to be able to talk to his mother and say, I'm coming home. He arrived in the United States. He boarded a small plane for Dallas, Texas. And tragically, the plane crashed. He almost made it back home, but he died before he got there. On February 1st, 2003, the space shuttle Columbus returned from its 28th mission in space, having spent 16 days in space on this particular mission. All families gathered in Houston to welcome their loved ones home. But a piece of foam insulation broke off, damaged a wing in the shuttle, and the force and heat of re-entry caused the shuttle to literally disintegrate. Pieces rained down over the states of Louisiana and Texas. All seven astronauts perished. They were only 
16 minutes from landing safely. They almost made it back home safely, but they died before they made it. How many other stories of almost could we tell? How many times have you used that word to, exp- to, to express some particular situation or experience in your life? I cannot tell you how many times I've watched sporting events or even coached in sporting events and seen almost success or almost victory only to see it slip away. How many times has the batter stepped to the plate in a Major League Baseball game in the ninth inning with a runner on base and he is the winning run if he could just drive that runner ahead of him home and come in himself and the pitch comes in and he hits it and it's a mighty blast and everybody watches it as it goes back toward the fence and then at the last moment the fielder jumps up extends his glove and catches the ball oh it was almost the winning home run but he was out. Hmm. Of course, we're talking from a, spirit, from a secular perspective or a physical perspective. We're talking about physical life and physical experiences in this world. But the most tragic examples of almost are on the spiritual side of life. How many people have been almost saved or almost made up their minds to become Christians. We know what almost means, doesn't it? Almost, but lost. Almost, but failed. The eternal disaster of almost. I want you to turn with me to James chapter 1, James chapter 1, and I want us to read verses 12 through 15. James chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. James wrote, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it brings forth, it brings birth, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Well, James goes into considerable detail talking to us about the process of how sin develops within the life of an individual. It's not God who tempts that person to sin. Many people kind of, at least in their minds, if not literally, shake their fist at God because of difficult situations, even tragedies that develop within their own lives. You know, we are a victimization kind of mentality right now in our culture. Nobody is to blame for anything that they do. 
it's always somebody else's fault or some other thing's fault, some situation's fault. We're not taking responsibility for our own actions, for our own mistakes, for our own laziness, our own neglect to apply ourselves fully and properly and responsibly. No, no, that's, again, somebody else's fault, maybe even society's fault as a whole. Well, no, we're responsible for our own lives. We're responsible for our own actions. We cannot blame our sin on somebody else. Now, true, the devil is our adversary or enemy, and he does walk about seeking whom he may devour. And that's you and me, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. But the devil cannot make us sin. It's true that he uses all kinds of outside influences, including other people in our lives, maybe even family members in our own immediate family, to tempt us, to try to lure us into ungodly actions and lifestyles, sin in other words, but none of those individuals can make us sin. What does James say there? Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Now, the idea of enduring the temptation there is to face it, endure it without giving in to it, without becoming the sinner that the temptation is intended to lead us to become. He endures it. Now, the next verse, don't say that when you're tempted, you're tempted by God. God did not do that to you. God does not tempt anyone, and he cannot be tempted by evil. God is totally righteous, totally pure. But each one, James says, each individual is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. I've said many times on this program and in teaching and preaching from God's word for decades we all, every single one of us, have particular temptations and sins to which we are individually especially vulnerable. We're weak in certain ways. Now, we all sin and come short of the glory of God from time to time, at least. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. In fact, on our own, in and of ourselves, by ourselves, there is none righteous. No, not one. Romans chapter 3 and verse 9. But we don't, we make the choice to sin. We make the choice. We take that step ourselves. It's not God who tempts us. God is totally righteous. He is totally pure. Pure goodness. We're the ones who make the mistakes. And so each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. So the devil knows what weaknesses, what sins you are particularly vulnerable to. You are particularly weak to overcome. You have your weaknesses. Somebody else you know has theirs. They're not the same necessarily. You have yours. I have mine. They're not the same necessarily. But all of us have something, one or two or three weaknesses, particular difficulties that we struggle with all the time that would lead us into sinfulness. We have to work against those. We have to stand strong, not by ourselves and in and of ourselves, 
but strong in the strength that God offers us. The Apostle Paul said, I know how to be up. I know how to be down. I know how to be full. I know how to be hungry. What was his solution? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you and I can do all things through Christ who wants to strengthen us. And he's there to strengthen us if we will turn to him and rely upon him. Philippians chapter 1, verses 11 through 13. I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Now, God wants us to come to him, and he offers us his protection against whatever allurements, whatever temptations the devil might throw at us. When we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, and I've said many times in teaching that this is one of the most comforting and reassuring verses of Scripture for me in the entire Bible. The Apostle Paul wrote, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, what did James say again? In James chapter 1, the text we read a few moments ago, how God does not tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Okay, we give in to those weaknesses that each one of us have. Then when desire has conceived, when we let that desire run its full course and we respond to it, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death. So it's a process that we allow ourselves to go through and ultimately we make the decision to commit the sin, to become sinners ourselves. The Apostle Paul said back in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, no temptation that confronts us, that the devil throws at us, even that he might use someone else to confront us with, or some situation in life to pose as that temptation before us. Paul said, God's not going to let any temptation overwhelm us. There's no temptation that confronts us except such as is common to mankind. Others have been tempted with similar temptations before us, and others will be tempted with similar temptations after us until the Lord comes again. But God will not allow us to be tempted beyond our ability to face and reject, turn away from that temptation with his help. He'll always be there. The middle of that verse says, God is faithful. And as long as we walk with our hand in his hand, he'll never let go of our hand. As long as we're always with him, he'll always be with us. And he will make the way for us to escape, to be able to say no to that temptation, whatever it is, so that we can overcome it. James again put it pretty succinctly in James chapter 4. In verse 7, he said, 
therefore submit to God. In other words, make up your mind. Who you're going to follow. Which way your life is going to go. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you, James says. Well, how do I resist the devil most effectively? The next verse, verse 8, James chapter 4. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James is telling us the same truth. We cannot walk with God and the devil at the same time. If we're going to walk with God, we've got to turn away from the devil and all of those temptations that he throws at us. We've got to make up our mind. I'm not going to give in to those temptations. And I know that with God's help, I can resist them effectively. I can say no, because God has promised. He's faithful. He'll always be there with me and for me, and he'll make the way for me to escape, to be able to resist, to be able to say no, to be able to overcome the temptations, whatever they might be. I need to resist the devil. He'll free from me. If I walk with God, the devil has no room in my, in my, in my life. Well, the wages of sin is death. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the first part of that verse. The next part of that verse says, but, don't you like the transition there? Something new is coming? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we live in sin, if we give in to the temptation, then we can only look forward to eternal condemnation in hell. But God offers us eternal life through Jesus Christ. God will be there for us and with us in the face of the temptation, but we must make up our mind to resist, absolutely resist, and God will give us the strength where we come up weak. We don't want to end up on the final day of judgment, almost having been faithful to our Heavenly Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because almost at the threshold of eternity is the disaster of being almost saved but lost. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for blessing us with the opportunity to be with you forever in heaven, to be forgiven through the blood of Christ as we're baptized into him for the remission of our sins. Thank you for promising us that if we will walk with you, you will always be there for us and with us. Help us to never, never, never be satisfied with just being almost right with you, almost faithful. Help us, Father, to walk with you all together, all the time. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.